Hello and welcome to this week's Studio Cellar. We are here with Christopher Brown and Todd Bowes, and we're here to talk about Batman Triumphant. Studio Cellar! What's up, guys? Hey! Welcome to the show. Howdy. Just Good so to you... be back. Yeah, I know. Welcome back, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Second? Second time caller. Second, I mean, of, second official time. Second yeah. official time. Second yeah. official time. There have been there have been like intermittent like uh midday social Yes, that is true. Drunken appearances. I think we met at the midday social. We actually. did. Yeah. We did, yes. yes. I think so. Actually have we met both of you at the midday social. That is true. This that is, is correct. True. Yep. So what's going on, guys? Tell us a little bit about Batman Triumphant. Batman Triumphant. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the operative question. What yeah. is Batman Triumphant? Batman Triumphant is the film that was supposed to be the fifth Batman entry in the uh, in the eighties and nineties Batman series, started by Burton and uh, ultimately killed by Schumacher. <laughs> 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 so uh, basically, the backstory for it uh, for it goes like this, according to legend: um, the studio, for whatever reason, while Batman and Robin was in production, was really impressed by the dailies of it, and again. Beyond me as to why. So they were getting these little bits of the film, and they decide while Batman and Robin's in production, they're like, all right, let's get the wheels going on the next one. Uh, greenlit sequel, let's hire a writer, and we're going we're gonna to go to town with this. <laughs> so uh, Batman and Robin is released. Um, the, the story is pretty clear from there what happened. Uh, it, it just completely killed the franchise. Uh, no one was interested in seeing it. Critics hated it. Fans hated it. Uh, so uh, Warner Brothers killed Batman Triumphant at this point, uh, but the script had already been written. So I was reading about this recently, um, just because I was watching Batman and Robin, and I was just look, just basically doing some reading about it, seeing how this thing could come into fruition in the first place. <laughs> and I saw that Batman Triumphant was a thing, <clears throat> and that a script had been written. So I just thought to myself, I'm going to Google this. First result was the actual script. Holy shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did not expect that. So and I was doing this at work, of course. Um, so <laughs> I, I find the script, I download it, I look through a little bit of it, and then I go off to lunch, and uh, I sit down with my coworker, uh, Owen Brannock, uh, and I was just like, hey, I found the script for the unmade fifth Batman movie. You want to be in it as Batman? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, my, my fiance, uh, Danielle Amin, uh, who co-directed the movie with, uh, with me, worked with us, and uh, she was basically just egging us on as we're t- getting bigger and bigger ideas, and one thing led to another. So where was uh, most of this shot? Our apartment, um, about <laughs> about seventy five percent at our apartment, yeah. and about twenty five percent at my band Very Lamar's uh, practice space in Charlestown. Oh, is that where like all the warehouse yes. stuff is? <laughs> I was like, wow, this is pretty good like locations, like Crime think... Alley, yeah, like in full effect. <laughs> yeah. it is, in the script, it is called Crime Alley That's and referred so... to by characters in dialogue. So <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so th- there was an entire script written for this prior to you making this. 125 pages. Wow. Written yeah. by Mark Protasevich, who later on turned up as one of the scripters for the first Thor movie. For... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, and he did I Am Legend and Poseidon and a couple of other like big budget movies. Yeah, neither of those movies are actually that good, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I like Thor. <laughs> Thor wasn't bad. Thor no, I, I, I like <laughs> Thor. I thought Thor was cool. Um, you guys shot this all on iPhone. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was part of the plan from the beginning. It was basically just like, <coughs> let's see if we can do this in a day on iPhones. We'll just edit it all in iMovie and just get it out there, just to say, you know, we did it. I think the goal was to get on Tosh.0. That was like the prize we were searching for. Like, can we get on Tosh.0 with this, with this film? 
Yeah, I mean, that it was, hasn't that happened was yet. certainly stated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you tag him? Did you tag him in the, uh, the post? No, not yet. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see if we can get any more notoriety out of it. If uh, you know, we get a cease and desist from Warner Brothers or anything like <laughs> oh, that. Oh yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> nobody nobody said anything about nobody nobody said a thing. But uh, recently, I've been getting a little bit more daring uh, with the marketing. So um, oh. I've been like tweeting at Mark Potasevich, um, asking him like, <laughs> oh what his thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you that. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've been tweeting at him, Clooney, uh, Chris O'Donnell, oh like, <laughs> all these people, just saying like, "Hey, do you think that uh, that my friend Grant was better than you at Robin?" <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, did yes. you tweet? At, did you tweet at Kilmer? Uh, no, I didn't even think to for some reason. Now I <laughs> <laughs> take that, Val. <laughs> I heard um, before when he was pre- when Val Kilmer was preparing for Batman, he actually went out and tried to fight crime. Wait, like, really? to pre- yeah, to prepare for the role, <laughs> he like went out and tried to fucking fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that entails from like Val Kilmer's perspective. <laughs> like... <laughs> that just kind of makes me wonder what he did for other movies. Like, what did he do like to prepare for his role? The Jim on, like, Morrison thing. Well, yeah, but also like like the the Island of Doctor Moreau, like, <laughs> or like Ghost in the Darkness. He's just going to a lot of zoos, you know, <laughs> lion cages. This is the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he did he get a job like mixing drinks for the mob, like Bart Simpson did, like you know. <laughs> so what was the? Um, so you said you wanted to shoot this whole thing in one day. Yes. Was that a success? Absolutely not. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we did get about 60% of it, but um, the the fact of the matter is we had no idea what we were getting into. Uh, and oh, yeah. Dan- Danielle and I were very uh, disorganized. And uh, that's that's kind of where she stepped up and sort of assumed the co-director role uh, because she actually got everything organized, figured out time frames for when we're going to be doing what scenes, with whom, and um, we're basically able to <clears throat> bash it out over like one weeknight and another big long weekend day. I think we did. Uh, oh, there was the day we got rained out. Uh, we did. A I wasn't there that, that day, day, though. There is a scene in in the movie where there is rain. I know. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. It's I, one of my favorite shot in the whole movie, uh, possibly, is when Owen pulls up in front of my house in the Batmobile, um, which is his own car with a piece of the, paper yes. taped to the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was done in the rain. Uh, it's great because his car is one of those cars that makes a little bit more noise in the rain. So as soon as like he throws it into park, like you just hear the engine get louder. And it's just like, uh, that to perfect. me is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that's a good what, touch. That's what we set out The today. other day it looked like it was a beautiful day though. <laughs> yeah, most of the other days were sunny. Like in the park? When you're brainwashing yep. everybody? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I was like, man, I wish I was in that park that day. Well, I believe like you a mean beautiful uh, day. Gotham University. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Correction. Yeah, sorry. Now, sorry. Todd, what was your contribution to uh, the film Batman Triumph? Uh, I played uh, Cornelius Sturk, who is one of the, I guess he's the B villain um, mm. in, in the film. He's a... Similar not- to the Eggman? Not even close. <laughs> he's, he's a like, mini-boss. Actually, yeah, he's kind of a mini-boss, pretty much. Um... <clears throat> Cornelius Sturck, his uh, his claim to fame in the in the Batman universe is that he's one of Batman's few uh, super powered uh, enemies. Most of Batman's villains and enemies are just abnormally intelligent yet insane people, like the Joker or the Riddler or something like that, or even the Penguin. Um, uh, Cornelius Sturck actually possesses legit superpowers. He can he's a shapeshifter. He can turn into uh, someone that the that his intended victim trusts, oh. and he uses this uh, against them to trick them into uh, vulnerable positions where he you know does horrible things to them. You know he is a serial killer after all. So like uh, 
Um, my other role really was just as a composer. I made some some music. I made some new yeah. music for for the film that we that was used in a couple of uh, key scenes in the movie. Um, and the rest of the time, I was just buying thirty racks of beer. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, oh, watching. I was craft services. <laughs> while, while I was watching you, Todd, in the movie, I was like, wow, Todd, Todd does a really good villain. Like, I can, I can see Todd as a villain in a movie. To Todd's credit, I used a leather jacket and the and the hair. That was all yeah. my own clothes too. Like I did like like I will actually just walk out of the house looking like Cornelius Stark from the film. Like that's that's just normal attire for me. Well, yeah, I knew you could. I knew you could go scumbag pretty easily. So that was one of the. I think, I think one of the fun, the funniest things is when uh, when you're doing your shape shifting and you can see the guy holding the iPhone in your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite yeah, excellent. One of my favorite things about Cornelius Stirk uh, in this movie is that in the script there is one reference made to the fact that he can shapeshift, and it's never said. Basically, Robin responds to this by saying, "What are you?" And that is the only time it is referenced in the script. <laughs> really, no other character mentions it at any point, so it's super confusing for the audience. Oh I actually, I actually, <laughs> I did some research on Cornelius Stirk to get ready for the role, like I, because I, I had actually. Had never heard of him. Yeah, I as, had, as yeah, one of I Batman's villains, he's he's like a he's like an early '90s Batman villain. Really, and um, I had never heard of him, and so I I, I looked up uh, stuff about him and read some story arcs about him and and tried to, to get it, to understand the character a bit better. And aside from a few direct lines that that the writer of the script actually must have pulled from like, like from some of the comics. There's really nothing in the script that really reflects who Cornelius Stirk is. Yeah. Um, like, like it, it, it got him just so bad. Uh, as far as, I mean, as far as a Batman villain goes, like, uh, I mean, like he was just way off by, by everything that's in the canonical lore of, of Cornelius Stirk. Um, which made me feel better about the fact that I didn't really do anything to change my appearance to actually look like the character because, in the comic books, Cornelius Stark is mostly bald, missing most of his teeth. Oh wow! And all this stuff, and I clearly have hair and, and teeth. teeth you know, so. <laughs> I wasn't about to knock my teeth out for this role. <laughs> no, no, I, I liked. It. I, I thought about it and then said no. Um, but like, but even so, like that didn't matter because the, all the other subtleties and nuances of the, of the character were like totally not in in the script at all. Like, like, like basically, Cornelius Stark could have been pretty much. Anybody, any yeah. other yeah. Batman villain? Like, well, I think, like when you, you sent the picture, you posted that picture on Facebook. I was like, all right, well, there's Harley Quinn, there's Scarecrow, and I was like, who the hell is Todd? Yeah, <laughs> who the hell is Todd? Like if I if I'd actually like shaved my head or like you know put in like fake teeth or something, like maybe somebody would have realized it. But I don't, I don't even think that would have happened because he's yeah. such an obscure Batman villain. Yeah, I didn't even know who he was. I definitely had to look him up to uh, see like where the hell he even came from. And there's been a bunch of stories about him. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he was one of those. You know, regularly use Batman villains, but I think only if you like really read the comics and like you oh. followed the comics a lot. Like he wasn't in like the animated series. He or wasn't anything? in any of the animated yeah. series. He wasn't in any of the any Which of the awesome, multiple animated. I love series. the animated like, series. Yeah, he wasn't in any of those. Like he was really just in the comics, and he's dastardly in his own way. But you know, he's definitely like a like one of the B characters. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love I love that Harley <laughs> Quinn was in this movie because I love Harley Quinn, and I know Tom is sexually attracted to her. Many thanks um, to Mary Jo Haggett for <laughs> playing Harley Quinn. <laughs> but um, no, sure I thought that was cool because ground. you know you never see Harley Quinn in anything except for like Mask of the Phantasm. Well, she played, I think, a bigger role in like the video games too. Yeah, like uh, like if you list, if you play like Batman, like Arkham Asylum yeah, or yeah, Arkham City. Actually, now that I think yeah. about it, I think she was 
re- referred. To, she is in um, fuck, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. I think she's in it, but she's not Harley Quinn. But somebody calls her Harley. She's in the movie. Oh yeah, one of those. Like, uh, oh, I like your uh, I like your other name, uh, Robin. Uh-huh. I hated that part. Oh god, Dude, that was <laughs> fucking cringeworthy. You want to know something crazy about Harley Quinn? Do you what? know who know who was in the running to player for Batman Triumphant? Like who for was your at movie? the time? Who was at the time? Yeah. Oh 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 um I don't know Jennifer Madonna. Aniston Madonna. Oh wow! In about two thousand, yeah. I'll say that's a little <laughs> late for Madonna to be doing that. It, it seems a little strange. Um, uh, it wouldn't have been my pick. No, maybe like a league of their own, Madonna. You know, I, I can I can dig it. Oh, so who? So who? I don't know. Breathless Mahoney from Dick Tracy. That was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was. If she could have brought that back for it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I, I just think she was all sorts of wrong. Like name a way uh, that she could be wrong, and I think she was. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So who would you cast for Harley Quinn if you if you you had the budget? But it has oh, to be in year two thousand. Has to be the year two thousand, and I have the budget. Oh dear lord. Oh, I got um, I got a good one. What you got? Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, that was a complete joke. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, year two thousand. I don't know. That's that's kind of like a, a tough little a little thing to throw in there. Um, if it were a little bit earlier, I'd say maybe Laurie Petty. No, who's she? Tank Girl. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That would yeah, that'd probably be a good one. But, Jax uh, loves Tank Girl. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Christopher, you also played a role in this movie as well, right? Yeah, you I played was the uh, Scarecrow. scarecrow. And, uh, bo- and both Todd and I doubled as a bunch of villains and thugs. Oh, I was also yeah. the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had cameos the Mad oh, Hatter. Yeah, yeah, in the asylum scene. I'm the one wearing the Magnum P.I. Hawaiian shirt and, like, <laughs> rubbing my stomach and hitting, patting my head. <laughs> Very nice. Now, so, was... wait, what exactly were you wearing on your head? Was it just a bag? Uh, yeah, so basically what we did was <laughs> we, uh, we went to Target and got a bunch of, uh, we got, like, a bag of linens thinking that, like, all right, we'll take the fitted sheet, cut it up, and we'll make a bunch of scarecrow masks out of that. Uh, they came in a bag, which I thought about it, and I was like, let's see if I can fit this over my head. <laughs> so I tried, and it just barely fit. <laughs> so, like, I had to be super careful every time of not, like, ripping it, because I obviously had that really large opening in it. Um, but, yeah, that, that it, it was just a bag for uh, linens. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And um, that shirt. And the shirt, the yeah. shirt, the shirt, <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you noticed the shirt I was wearing. It just had a bunch of faces on it. Yeah, it was this really strange uh, Perry Ellis shirt. It's actually a really nice shirt that uh, my brother bought when he was in high school. So like, we're talking over twenty years ago at this point. Oh wow. Uh, and like, he realized what happened after he bought it. He's like, this wasn't even worth the clearance money. Like, so you should take this. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm glad it got some use. <laughs> now, what was your? Did you have any sort of uh, history in, in filmmaking at all before you tackled this, or any sort of desire? Uh, when I was a, a little kid, I wanted to be a, a movie director, but I had basically forgotten about it until this. <laughs> until you read the script for Batman Triumphant and felt inspired. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're inspiring words. Oh, I can only on, imagine. On those pages, yeah. Crime Alley, <laughs> now, <dude>. Crime Alley. <laughs> now, did you, when you were making the movie, is every piece of dialogue that was in the script in this movie, was we, there stuff that was added or subtracted? We had to cut a few scenes uh, just due to logistical reasons. Um, the circus at the beginning was supposed to be more involved and show like trapeze acts and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it was actually supposed to show the Flying Graysons back when they were in all their glory. Uh, but obviously, we couldn't really do that. You uh, should have just there's... went to like a park and like well, flipped around on a jungle in, gym. In, in thinking about it now, we definitely could have done it uh, stop motion style. But um, oh, yeah, 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 just didn't even think of it at the time. We just exited out of the Speaking script. of the stop motion, love the stop motion in the thank film. Thank you. Stop motion was probably my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That's, was, that's Danielle's. Yeah, da- right? Daniel and I, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, uh, we mm. got into that uh, a bit uh, for a very Lamar video that we did last year uh, for our song in focus, 
Um, so yeah, we, we kind of like learned how easy it was to do that. So it's just like, well, we can do this a lot and get a lot of mileage out of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love the stop motion and love the fucking the the screen in the Batmobile with the box. Oh, all, <laughs> all the Batmobile scenes were fantastic. The, the thing that that really jumps out to me about those scenes is just how perfectly everyone who was in the like little communications device understood what what was going on. <laughs> so like they all just stare straight ahead and just move the box perfectly in time, and it, it just they all they all get A pluses. <laughs> now, um. When this was all said and done, like between like, you know, mistakes and just takes and everything, how many gigs of iPhone footage did you have that you had to go through? That's actually a, a good question. Uh, the smart thing that we did was we kind of edited as we went along. Okay. So after every day, we'd basically get everything in place where it belonged uh, with like Nine Inch Nail style scene missing <laughs> intercuts <laughs> throughout. Um, so, yeah, we kind of, like, kept things going. So it wasn't too bad to, like, organize everything. Um, but by the same token, I don't I don't actually know how much space was taken up. <laughs> I would say probably two or three full iPhones. Really? Yeah. Now, did you make the movie on iPhone Movie Maker? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, so that would no. that would have been the challenge. No, we, we used iMovie on a, on a Mac. Uh, okay. and, and even that was nightmarish. Um, we should have just given up on, on the whole simplicity thing and used Final Cut. But... Uh, we stuck with it to the end. <laughs> wow. <Ugh. laughs> Tom, do you have anything to say about that? Well, I was going to say, so how did, what was your process for, for editing this? I mean, I know you said you just kind of did everything as, as you finished shooting Tom, it. Tom's a film guy, by the way. I'm an editor. He's judging you right now. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just curious as to, like, uh, you know, how did you maintain efficiency throughout uh, shooting on an iPhone and then editing it on iMovie? <laughs> there was no efficiency. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, because, I mean, in your guys' defense... Feature film came out on the other side of this, the whole thing, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it was edited and it wasn't, you know, it, it actually worked, right? Yeah, I, I think the thing was that, like, uh, for the most part, it, with the exception of the first day, uh, where we had to kind of do a lot of uh, headless chicken type stuff and, like, locating files and placing them and all uh, that, yep, yep, yep. Um, we weren't doing a whole ton on any given day. So it wasn't that big of a challenge for us to go in and say, like, oh, okay, so this is roughly the order in which we shot things, so we can mm -hmm. we can put it all into place. Basically just set up a Mac Mini on the TV in the living room with a wireless keyboard and mouse and... Just look at kinda, stuff. Yeah, just did it leisurely. Did you did you shoot chronologically where you could, or was it no. like whenever, 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 whenever? Excellent. Now, how many crazy looks did you get while you were filming this thing? Because I noticed one of the scenes <laughs> when you're in at Gotham University, like people are like There's walking a, into the scene, like what the time. hell? Well, it was it was interesting because it was completely binary. Either people were like very interested in it, or they didn't care. Yeah. Like, there was no in-between. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's kind of There like, weren't any really, like, looky-loos except for, like, that one guy who was watching from his house. And, like, if you look in in the scene carefully, you mentioned this in the you mentioned this in the director's commentary. Like, there's a oh, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where, where at, you, you... At Gotham University. Just, yeah. yeah, at Gotham University, there's just this house in the background. There's a guy in his house in the window watching intently. <laughs> and what's going on? Yeah, what, what's, what's, the, what's the Ted Danson movie that allegedly had a ghost in it? Three Men and a Baby. Three, Three Men and a Baby. baby yeah, that's that's, that's our uh, ghost for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that weird dude staring from his. Uh, I think he had a red shirt on too, which is well. We also had the kids next to uh, the fight scene that we were doing in the dirt lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so oh, is that the one where I get where I get my ass kicked? Or is no, that was the one uh, where like the scarecrows attack Wayne Security. Because you know we used a dirt lot to. Do oh yeah, security. where we had to like kick the broken <laughs> bottles and and used yeah. heroin needles out of the way. Okay. Yep, that's the so, one. Oh, actual needles. <laughs> yes. So now, the Somerville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old that's Somerville. you, <laughs> Slummerville. Um, 
I was going to say the uh, the mayor in the film was that the language he used actually in the script? <laughs> no, I was I was going to say that was the only other addition. Um, it was funny because he and uh, Jason uh, Deegan and Jason, uh, who played uh, the mayor and uh, Commissioner Gordon respectively, I love the mustache. met each other. Yeah, <laughs> the ever changing mustache. Oh, match. it was all over the place. And at one point, it was on his pocket, I think, yeah. which I loved. I love mustache gags, man. <laughs> they met about twenty minutes before we shot the scene of them met arguing. for the first time. Met for the first time. So basically, I, I introduce them and they start running the scene normally. Todd pulls up, so I go over to like say hi to Todd. We come back when they're on their second run through and they're already swearing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, all right, cool. Let's let's just go with this. That was pure ma- that was pure magic. It, it really was. It was magic. Yeah, it was. Um yeah, Deegan dropped in a, like an F bomb in it that I, I didn't feel comfortable with. So I had him redo that and use Nancy instead, but that was that was about <laughs> That was a great line. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Nancy. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, that sort of became a thing uh, throughout it. Whenever the mayor was in there, uh, he would he would be pretty swear happy, <laughs> and we just kind of kept that for yes. his character. And uh, Gordon would be was a bit cleaner mouthed, but whenever the mayor came up or he was talking to the mayor, he would get enraged. His, yeah, his loathing <laughs> for the mayor was was pretty apparent like, yeah, from the get go. It was great because they played the characters essentially as two simpletons that just have like an insane temper. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fucking Mayor! <laughs> yeah, we were all laughing uh, really hard at those guys. They, were, they, they did a great job. They, they stole the show. They really they, did. They really did. <laughs> I, I think I laughed the most with the virtual reality Windows 95. <laughs> oh, that was a great touch. So I, I animated that uh, using a keynote from 2008 on a Mac. I just set up like a motion tween. <laughs> and Todd's just like, mm. oh, you can't see me, obviously. We're on a fucking podcast. <laughs> the way that Todd looked was very funny. It was funny. Well, one of, one of the drinking game uh, rules in, in Batman Triumph is there, because is, a, there is one. There is a drinking game. There's a game game associated with this movie. This, with this movie, yes. And oh, okay. Largely, largely created by Todd, I should say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one of one of the drinking game rules is anytime you see me on camera, where I'm clearly not supposed to be there, for like I'm just <laughs> hanging out in the background or whatever. Like you drank. Uh, I think also if you see Batman's tongue stud, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> another. It's another one where you drink. So I, rem- hey, I remember yeah. that. I remember. Was he, he have a fucking tongue ring? Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, there's uh, lots of little little rules for it. You can message us for it. <laughs> it, should, it should be on the DVD sleeve, man. It, it really should have been, I know. Like a well, little Easter egg. No, we were talking about it. Uh, we actually did three commentary tracks for it. <laughs> and on one of them, we were uh, we were actually doing the game. Yeah, and the cast oh, commentary. Oh, very nice. Were, like, yeah. like, you'll randomly say, like, oh, drink, drink! <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what was your favorite part about doing this? Um, not necessarily favorite part of the movie, but what what did you enjoy the most from shooting uh, a feature I was film? Ask a similar question. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, just seeing everyone wearing these costumes in public <laughs> as we were just filming scenes in an alley and uh, just watching like the expressions of people that go by and like even the people who ignored it, it was fantastic. I'm just like. Here is this man wearing a felt Batman costume in broad daylight, and that person looked at him and looked the other way immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, another one of these. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like, cross between, like, reaction of people around was fantastic, and honestly, just doing the filming was was a lot of fun. Um, Was there a specific scene that you, like, loved filming, like a specific scene? Uh, There were were a few that were really good. Um, 
uh, well, I shouldn't say really good, that were really fun. <laughs> uh, the the end fight scene between <clears throat> Scarecrow and Batman, I think, was uh, was pretty fun. Um, the really creepy scene that is in the script of uh, Scarecrow's body getting dragged into the darkness uh, by an inmate of Arkham Asylum, uh, that was pretty fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> Rob uh, Fusco's cameo appearance. Yeah, uh, and, and actually the, the first stuff we shot, which was um, Batman uh, interrogating you at the asylum. Right. Yeah. That, that actually was pretty fun to do, too. It kind of like set the tone for how we were going to do the whole thing. And That was the first scene that, that I did that day with, with Owen. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess another, another thing, I don't, know, I don't think we mentioned it yet. Nobody associated with this film has any history of filmmaking skills or acting or anything. There are no pros. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I did improv in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was in that play in the fifth grade. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, I mean, like, we were were all uh, complete novices, amateurs, like, to, to doing this. I think what makes the film so incredibly special uh, is that what you're, what you're seeing is not it's not like we we didn't approach the film like oh we're just gonna make trash. Yeah, we were like no we're gonna try like <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna do our legit best here. Yeah, I mean you might see me reading a script on camera. Oh, there's tons of that. Yeah. <laughs> there's tons of that. Yeah. <clears throat> there, there's tons of that. But I mean like you know what we were doing is like we were gonna try and we and ultimately we were attempting to have as much fun as we possibly could while doing this because there was no legit good reason to do it except to do it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's what really makes the film so special. I think another reason why the movie has resonated so positively with so many people, like even in just the few weeks that the film has been out on YouTube, we've got what like thirty four hundred over thirty five at this point. We're over thirty five hundred yeah. views oh, yeah. on YouTube. When I watched it, it wasn't even a three yet. So <laughs> yeah, that was last week. <laughs> it's at, it's at over thirty five hundred views on YouTube. Um, we've had. I mean, uh, there was interest from uh, from people we didn't know to go to the screen. There were complete randos. Like, we we, we rented yeah. out uh, the a theater in Arlington to do just like a, basically like a cast and friends screening type yeah. thing. Um, and my, my friend Michael, who runs Vanyaland, did a write-up on it uh, mentioning that we would be doing the screening uh, and didn't mention that it was going to be private. The Capitol Theater apparently got so many phone calls about uh, availability <laughs> of tickets that they contacted us and asked us to add a second screening. Oh, so wow. They, really? So yeah. yeah, they could sell tickets. Yeah, you guys got a write-up in BDC Wire as well, right? Yes, we did. We yeah. did. We did. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And I, and I think I think that's, I think that's like, what's, so, what's just so amazing about it is that, like, it's, it's really captured everyone's imagination and everyone's attention. And I think whether they just saw the trailer or they've actually, like, seen the whole film, I think... They're they're what they're what they're seeing is they're seeing like basically these people who are clearly having a really good time, yeah. <laughs> like making this completely ludicrous movie, um, and and it's actually kind of working not because we're great filmmakers we might be great filmmakers I don't know, um, but <laughs> like, <clears throat> but I think just because uh, the the fact that we're all really enjoying the process as we're making it is really coming through in the film. And I think mm-hmm. that's what what really makes it stand out to everyone, and what's really gotten everyone's attention and and captured everyone's imagination is like, wow, you can you can actually do this with just an iPhone, and as long as you're having an enormous amount of fun doing it, uh, you can actually make something really special. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how good the quality <clears throat> on the iPhone is. Oh, it, it iPhone is camera is spectacular, man! It's spectacular. Great HD footage on that thing. Yeah. 
uh, to piggyback on what Todd was saying too, and it, it's great because uh, Jason, who played uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, is is talking to me a lot these days about like, oh, we got to do this project next. We got to do this project next, and I'm just like, dude, you do it. <laughs> like, I I I've shown that it's doable. Like, get set up your own project. I'll be in it. Yeah. Like, well, we should all be doing this. <laughs> well, that was actually going to be my next question. Would you ever do anything like this again? Uh, where uh, Daniel and I are talking about two different projects that we're going to be doing. Um, one, we're going to make like a 10, 12 minute episodic series called uh, Thunderstrike. Right. And it's going to be a, uh, a comedy, a cop show uh, about a detective named John Thunderstrike, whose catchphrase is going to be Thunder Never Strikes Twice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to get into well, that makes no sense humor. now that I hear it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be kind of surreal. And uh, we, we've been talking about uh, ideas for a horror comedy movie. Um, figure if, if we're working with really low budget gear and actors, like we gotta we gotta keep the humor in there at least for the time being. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We've, we've seen some pretty low budget horror movies. That's <laughs> what I pride my life on at the moment, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's it, your it, profile pic? You have Birdemic on Blu-ray. Or that something? is correct. Yeah, for about a year and a half now, that's been my profile picture. Yeah, Birdemic <laughs> is absolutely fantastic. The boardroom scene in that is one of the most yeah. absurd. Yeah, <laughs> and they just kept like showing it from different angles, but starting. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the most surreal things I've seen on in Oh, a movie. my God. That, that's my favorite part of that whole movie, man. <laughs> yeah, it makes they, the whole thing worth it. They wait for everyone to clap, and then they wait for the clap to taper off, and then they'll cut to the next shot where everyone's just already in the middle of clapping again. <laughs> Didn't even care. Oh, my God. We, so should get, we should get the Birdemic people on the show. Oh, man. I doubt it. He already made Birdemic 2. And really? Oh, did you guys not know? No. Oh, Birdemic oh. 2 came out maybe two, two years ago, maybe, and it became a little too self-aware. Yeah, I think that's a problem that I've been hearing with uh, Tommy Wiseau's uh, TV show as well. Yeah, like, he he's in on the joke now, so it, it, you can't get that magic again. No, nah, exactly. It's that it's that naive filmmaking, as exactly. it's so called. And uh, there's a, a filmmaker out there right now. <laughs> I, sh- I should really be listening to my own words at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's a bit of like genuineness and and sincerity in some of these people's films that make them so spectacular. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Neil Breen. At all? Um, oh, no, uh, he's he's a director right no now. No more he, books. <laughs> he's got this movie called Faithful Findings. I actually caught it at uh, the Coolidge Theater. They did like a midnight showing of mm-hmm. it. If you have a chance, you can only see it in theaters that he kind of gives the the movie to. Faithful Find. Fateful Findings. Fateful Findings. If you can okay. watch this movie by any means necessary, watch it. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Is it's it, is it like it, so? It's kind of like an arrangement, like Crispin Glover's movies, where like the the filmmaker like travels with it in like a briefcase and like goes to the venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. That I think he's so he's, strange. He like he'll call the theater or the or I mean I'm not sure if people are reaching out to him, but he he's not distributing this on DVD at least oh, not I at the moment. Oh, I thought you had it. No, no, okay. it's not on DVD. That's... You can only go to see. Oh, it. it was the preview that was on one of the DVDs, right? <clears throat> no, uh, it was YouTube. It was yeah, YouTube it was just had like, the preview. It was on like it. Apple trailers too. It just yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, I actually just watched a really terrible movie with Michael Sarah, uh, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Uh, but basically, it's just him in South America, uh, and it's supposed to be like this psychological thriller where like a girl goes off like uh, with with her friends to a cabin in the middle of South America, and like she's slowly like un- losing it or something like that. And, and I was watching it, and it's like, first off, I'm not a complete idiot, but I can't follow this. Like this, yeah. <laughs> like they they didn't really put a lot of effort into like put like, adding any narrative structure to this or anything like that. And then it just, I don't know. I, I can't say enough bad things just about fell it. Fell apart. Magic, <laughs> magic. That was the name of magic, it. Magic, 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 magic. So that sounded vaguely familiar, but then I couldn't put a name to it. Yeah, it was it was really bad, and I cannot stress enough: do not waste your time. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, this was recent? Michael, uh, Michael Sarah yeah, recent it like, movie? it was like two years ago. He was doing that instead of being in more Arrested Development. Uh, <laughs> so. So he made Superbad and then made Magic Magic? Something like that. <laughs> um, no, Superbad was like fucking like six, seven years ago now. 2007, man. Yeah. Or if, Jesus Christ. He's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. He's a douche. Well, he's a sure. du- he was a douche in, um, <laughs> fuck, what is it? Uh, what's the name of that movie with uh, James Franco, Craig Robinson, oh, The End this of the is World? The end. This is the end, yeah. Yeah, he was a douche in that <laughs> Yeah. He died a douche in that one, too. Yeah, that was excellent. That was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Them getting speared by a light pole or something. <laughs> no, yeah, that, yeah, that was great. Yep. <laughs> I was like, finally! <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move on to... All right, this week's Picks of the Week are brought to you by Jim's Tommy's No Shit Barbecue. What? I bought the fucking franchise no, from you, you from under your nose. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Sorry. It's like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Well, now it's going to have to be Tommy's Jim's Tommy's No Shit Barbecue. <laughs> what, are you going to buy it back from me? <laughs> yeah. I'll find a Fuck loophole. You. I'll find a loophole. Nope. I own it now. Sorry. I no never got my backs. order, by the way. Oh, my God. Dude, well, what? I know. We don't have to talk about this on the show. But what happened? I didn't. I didn't know that if like because that's a lot of food, and I was like, oh my god, that's a, that's a lot of food. And then I thought I had messaged you, and I was like, I can't buy all that food. I was like, I, I I'd have bought it. Well, like, I know you would have purchased you, it from did, me. Yeah, if like you smoked it, I'd have bought it. Like, <laughs> dude, no, I'll 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 smoke you something next time I whip the smoker up, dude. Because I was like, oh my god, dude, he wants like an eye round. I got like nervous. <laughs> I was like, dude, he wants so much food. <laughs> all right, for those of you who know, what picks the week arts when we go around the table and we talk about the thing of the week. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Who wants to start? Yeah. Who wants to do the first pick? Oh, I will. All right, right, Todd. Todd. (laughs) My pick. This pick of the week is meat. (laughs) Aside from that, uh, my pick of the week is TempleCon. Oh, right. right. Yeah. How awesome am I? I segued right into that nicely. Uh, (laughs) My pick of the week is TempleCon because TempleCon is the is an annual gaming convention that happens in and and they owe me so much money for doing this right now. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's an annual gaming convention that happens in Warwick, Rhode Island, at the Crown Plaza Hotel and Ballroom. Uh, it's enormous. It, it like something like 10,000 people attend every year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so many people from Rhode Island and Southeastern New England, like don't even know that this thing happens. Um, which has been the thing that amazed me the most. I went last year and they have like national touring bands coming through playing in like the rotunda and, you know, crazy cosplay and vendors and all the stuff. And like, like 10,000 people are there for this four day event. And like none of them are from Rhode Island or Massachusetts. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like people from all over the country and all over the world just like descend on on Warwick, Rhode Island, of all places, descend on Warwick, Rhode Island for this for this convention. But it's amazing. Really? When you uh, say game convention, now what does that like, dive uh, at, into? Uh, for example, if you like to play um, everything from collectible card games like Magic: The Gathering, or if you like to play tabletop RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons or something like that, or uh, if you are into a- a- any other variety, of, if, it, if it comes in game form and you like to play it, like this for you, board games, miniature gaming, like that sort of thing, I, which I guess is a thing. I don't know that much about it, but hey, people are really into it. And apparently it's spawned this enormous convention that happens in Warwick every year. Um, and you are a part of it this year. We are a part of it this year. Um, first of all, uh, 
my band Down City Armory, mm-hmm. um, of which I'm the singer and which Chris is the bass player, um, we will be performing at Temple Con Very this year. Nice. Yes, we will be opening for uh, Ego Likeness, who are a huge national industrial band. Uh, they're on Metropolis Records. They play the convention every year. Um, so we're going to be opening for them. And this is really special because there hasn't really been a Providence area local band opening up for them like in ever, as far as I know. Um, so this is this is a pretty big deal. The other thing is that uh, we, we play uh, Friday night, Friday, February 6th, uh, starting at 9.30 p.m. We're going to be opening up for Ego Legness. And to tie it all together and to make this awesome, <laughs> um, immediately after the concert, uh, around midnight, there's going to be a screening of Batman Triumphant. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be there. There's so I get to be a roadie. To, I get to be Todd's roadie. If you want to <laughs> see it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, so if you missed the the first theatrical premiere that we had earlier this month, we're going to have another screening of Batman Triumphant, followed by a Q and A with as many of the cast and crew that we can that we can get into the room. Um, so people who just want to be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's so that's what's really exciting. That's why my pick of the week is TempleCon. You can find out more information at templecon.org. Including passes, information, tickets, all that good stuff. But Friday, February sixth, Down City Armory opens for Ego Likeness, and immediately following will be a screening of Batman Triumphant. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's the best thing ever. Frankly, <laughs> frankly Batman Triumphant alone is worth the fifteen dollars. Let alone the fact that you're getting a show beforehand. <laughs> right? Yeah. Floor right. show and then a movie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you, Jim? Me is my pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think you're gonna be a little surprised about this one. Jurassic oh. Park. No. Wolf of Wall Street. Nope. Okay. The Labyrinth. Ah. Sorry for the first time. What? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. What? Like the <laughs> the Bowie. Yeah. With and Jim Henson. Yeah. The Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was funny because we Jax and I watched it, and uh, Jax took a picture of uh, of the movie and you know tagged the Labyrinth and. Um, a Instagram user called Jareth's Crotch started following. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's yeah. a good movie. No, it is. It's amazing. Like he, the stuff that Jim Henson, Jim Henson did. Yeah, like, it's just so organic and good, and it, it'll never be like that ever again. You know. Mm-mm. Well, J.J. Abrams might take us there. I was just saying, like, isn't J.J. Abrams planning on doing all practical effects for the new yeah, Star Wars? That, yeah, that droid, that little, like, wheel ball droid that's in the uh, Oh, in yeah, the yeah. That's, that's a real thing. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, rem- uh, yeah, controlled by a remote control. Oh, nice. That's pretty yeah. excellent. Good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe things have come full circle, and now we'll get, like, yeah. real practical effects on really high-def Well, I mean, uh, think cameras. about it, like... In actual sets. Yeah. <laughs> puppets. In actual locations. Puppets and claymation and all that shit, like, you know, animatronics was always the scary your shit. Mm-hmm. CGI isn't scary. No, no, never. It's not. No. Look at fucking Terminator. It was terrifying. Well, yeah. yeah. Th- well, I mean, T2 is scary, and I know that has some CG in it, but like, I mean, for me, with CG, I can only get scared if the whole thing is in 3D. Like Resident Evil, uh, not the movie, obviously, the games, <laughs> those are genuinely scary games, but yeah. they're they're in 3D. Yeah. You know, but like, yeah. I don't know. You can't cross over. That and they're CG's hard. Not scary. Yeah, they're really difficult. Games. I mean, that's that's the hard thing about Resident Evil. What makes it so scary is that like the controls are so clumsy. <laughs> you know, like like it's just like and there's no there's like no good control scheme for Resident Evil. No, there's you have no to like hold one. three buttons in order to yeah, do one like, thing. 
try to do when they it's like it, and that's what makes it terrifying is like you you realize like wow I maybe am I this clumsy in real life I think I am <laughs> I would totally die in the zombie apocalypse like done I'm finished like that one that shows up at the very beginning that you only have the knife to fight off I, oh I'd yeah be dead. oh yeah especially in <clears throat> Nemesis too and that thing just kept like oh. <laughs> Creeping up on you, Chris. What do you, what do you got, Christopher? Uh, so I, I would say that uh, my pick would be just in general Brendan Fraser movies. Uh, shouldn't, be, <laughs> shouldn't be a surprise to anyone in the room. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, but uh, but Danielle and I have decided, uh, perhaps foolishly, to uh, watch every Brendan Fraser movie uh, from the beginning. Uh, so we start, we started last night and got through uh, Dogfight which is uh, his first role, uh, just in it briefly for a second, in which he says the immortal line, how about you eat my shit? <laughs> uh, and that is his only line in the film. And uh, we Introducing Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was funny. A friend of mine uh, was, was telling me that that should be like his epitaph, and I couldn't agree with that more. <laughs> uh, and, and we got through Encino Man as well. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's just like, it, it is, none of it's good. None of it's good. Like, Encino Man, like, you might have some, like, n- nostalgic, like, value or something like that, but you watch it and you're like, on every level, this is a really bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, with Brendan Fraser, I mean, are you going to watch things like, like, because he was in uh, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy for, like, 12 seconds. Yep, that's in the list. Okay, we, so you're going to watch that yeah, just for that one quick scene. Yep, on the hard drive we have connected to our uh, PS3, we have a folder uh, called Brendan Fraser. Great. And it's, it's, organized, it's organized by year. By chronologically, <laughs> Chronologically, yes. Great, fantastic. So, yeah, that's uh, 96, I believe. Uh, <laughs> let me know when you get to Bedazzled, because uh, that, that's, that's excellent. All right, we'll do. Whatever right. happened to Elizabeth Hurley? She is in The Royals. Uh, there's a new series coming out. I'm pretty sure she's in it. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, she was all it for like 1999. Yep. She was she everything. She was a babe. Yeah. She was a president. She'd be Abraham Lincoln. Schwing. Schwing. So was was 99 like her Brendan Fraser year? When she was in like four movies. In- with Brendan oh, yeah. Fraser. <laughs> she was in four movies with yeah. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> she really was. Um, but yeah, no, Brendan Fraser. Check him out. I guess. I we guess. all we all know who he is. <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna get the blast from I, the past and go. I, I can't do it anymore. I actually think the first Mummy is a legit good film. No, it I, is. I like the, the first. first they're, they're enjoyable movies. It's fun. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's fun. You know what I remember about? Movie. You know what I remember about the Mummy? The I went ride. To, I went to see it. No, I that was yeah. That's a good ride. <laughs> I went to see it with Adam at Triborough Cinemas. Oh yeah, yeah. And the the only thing I remember, well, I, mean, I remember the movie, but the thing that sticks in my mind the most is watching Adam drink cheese through a straw. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese through a straw, yeah, Brendan not, not, Fraser. Not your cheese through a straw. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Good memories. Memories. <laughs> uh, my pick of the week is going to be, and I don't think I picked it yet, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, really? I started, uh, I had watched it just in pieces. <laughs> that is never, fucking random as Never would have guessed that. Malcolm in the Middle, man. <laughs> I watched it in pieces my whole life, and then finally I was like, you know what? I'm starting it from the beginning. Just yeah. going to do it. Why not? It's fucking hilarious, guys. Yeah. Like, and steadily. I, was, I was it because the, of Brian Cranston? Not I was just only. Saying, isn't Brian Cranston in that? Yeah. He's the dad. He's and dad. Then, yeah, and then he became an actor. And like, <laughs> 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 then he did stuff, you know, after that. Well, there was a gag at the end of Breaking Bad, after Breaking Bad ended, they did a gag where it was a Malcolm in the Middle thing where he was laying in bed and he wakes up. And uh, I don't know the a- actress's name, but he's next to his wife. He's like, oh, I had this horrible dream that I was a meth dealer. <laughs> and like, you know, they, it's... Did you see like the Comic-Con or something he went to um, and he was wearing a Walter White mask? And he was just like walking around like in costume as himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's way things. too meta for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
Um, but it was a really well-written show. I, I give it a lot of respect, man. I I thought at this point in time it would have already tapered off, and I was ready for that because we're about season four in now. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, man, it's a show that was well written and took risks. They they're always changing it up, and I understand why it was such the hit it was. Now, uh, I didn't really understand before, but yeah, I uh, always thought it was funny. It's I've, it's spectacular. I've show. never seen it. So. Oh man, give it a watch. It's it's quality programming. Fox at its finest. Yeah, the characters you just they they're so real. That was a surprisingly good era for Fox because you had yeah. that and like Arrested Development. And yeah. Like oh yeah. Other the Tick was around then too, and that was yeah, you're criminally right. underrated. What do you guys think about the? They're talking about bringing the X Files back. I've heard that, and yeah. I have very mixed feelings about it. I do too. I fucking love the X. I was just watching. X-Files. I, I was a very big X Files fan. I am a huge X Files fan. I went back and rewatched everything a few years ago. Yeah, we're in the middle of a rewatch right now too. Yeah, yeah we started it. Yeah, I've been watching it today, all day. <laughs> really? <laughs> all day today. Yeah, before I got here. <laughs> Working on stuff, watching X-Files. You know, like normal people do. Uh, if we get snowed <laughs> in on Tuesday, totally going to watch X-Files. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've also started, um, this is my uh, childhood show, which is Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Started watching that from the beginning since that popped up on Netflix. And that show is better than I could have ever remembered it being. Really? It's just great. The production design in that show is great. <laughs> you know what doesn't hold up? What? Haver and its Ernest. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, probably to the surprise of no one, but yeah, that, <laughs> that does not hold up. <laughs> ah, see, I, I love Ernest. Big Ernest fan. Oh yeah, I love Ernest too. I think it's uh, it, it's such great like bottom of the barrel humor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the fact that he was a, like an accomplished Shakespearean actor too. It's and, like, <laughs> and then and then was Ernest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Varney's the man though. That guy's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jim pour Barney. some out for Jim. Yeah, yeah. for real. Seriously. All right, are we gonna play, play a game? game? Yeah, let's, let's play, play a game. game. Yay! Right, let's play. Is that fucked up or what? All right, Tom, I'm gonna let you run with this one today because you know what it is. I do know what it is, but I don't know any details. I don't either. I didn't read it. I didn't. I didn't read it. I only looked at it, which right. is enough. Yeah. All right, but I guess the <laughs> go su- ahead. You can run with it. The summation of uh, oh wait, the- wait, yeah, you get to tell them the premise of the game. Okay, is that fucked up or what? Thank you, Jim. Is that fucked up or what? I'm going to hand it off to you, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I'm taking it now. Uh, you good over there? I think so. I got it. The premise of the- Take it, Tom. Of the, of the sh- <laughs> I got it, guys. Don't worry. Wait, did you say Tom or Chris? <laughs> Chris, you want to take this one? All right. So the rules- <laughs> So the premise of the show is you have to rationalize the fucked up thing. You have to say why it exists. You have to give it. You have to give it a reason. You have to get inside the head of the people who think this is a great idea. Reconcile the madness. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I guess something uh, a new fashion that is going to be hitting the streets these days are um, crotchless pants, kind of things for men, where you can see dick. There's a big hall right, <laughs> right where the zipper would be is now just an open fly hall. Well, your your cock is exposed. So they're really just kind of like next leveling the uh, the flap and underwear. Yes, and that's now on the pant. Well, well, hold on. <laughs> let me let me make let me make sure I understand this correctly. So, um, is the idea that you are walking around wearing also garments over your crotchless underwear that expose your dick, or like is this like a surprise that you? You pull on your date. <laughs> yeah, it's when you, you get a, you get a bucket Guess of popcorn. Guess what? You don't have to work this hard, honey. It's my dick in a box. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you go. I mean, so I'm just going from the images I saw. They, they had no. I saw images. 
they had no underwear on and pants on, and they basically looked like they were wearing. <laughs> they basically looked like they were Peter Pan. <laughs> you know, these really weird fucking long clothes on, and all these model men—they all looked like women. But it, but it was all. Dicks. It's gonna be a new hipster but it was trend. All, it was all out there. It was all out there. It was all out there, and I don't think they're wearing underwear, but they're wearing pants. They just had a fucking hole in it where your fucking dick was sticking out. Balls. Uh, why would anyone do this to themselves? All right, Chris, go ahead. What's your rational- rationalization? Rationale. Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about the person that would do it. Um, and and I actually, so hear me out on this. I think that this is a good thing. Uh, and here is why I think it's a good thing. Because the person that would wear those pants is going to be correctly uh, labeled as a registered sex offender. <laughs> as soon as and I think that that person should be... On a list, like their neighbor should be aware of that person. If they think that that's okay, I want to know about that. That is true. Uh, that that's actually really good. Basically, <laughs> if you if you force sex offenders to wear it, I mean, I, I'm not like here's how you know where like, there's a sex but, offender. They yeah, have exactly. no crotch exactly. in their pants. Yeah, if you okay. see that guy walking around, it's like, all right, that's if he's okay with that, he's okay with worse. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. What else do we think? My whole thing is like, okay, if it's if really all we're talking about is crotchless underwear, and I can wear other pants over that. Well, no, well, it's, it's it's pants. It's pants. Man. No, that's okay. Okay, so the point is, I'm walking around with my with my dick in the in the open. Please, can yes. we say dingling? My <laughs> <laughs> ding dong. Yeah, exactly. Ding ding. The ding ding. In the open. Okay. Wait, um, how many names can we come up with? Fucking dick right now. <laughs> we'll do. We'll be here for another 24 hours, man. Yeah, I mean, you can make anything really. a, a euphemism for it. <laughs> yeah, Todd's uh, Walgreens card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, if if that be the case, um, yeah, definitely as a as a sex offender uniform, I think. Um, <laughs> They're on a team now. That has some. Mer- oh, they're a team now. Yeah. Not, not a not a uniform, an identifier. That's the important thing yeah. to remember. This we're is not them. unifying well, you them. Can, you, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you get enough of them together, then it's going to become a uniform. I mean, like, like that's the thing. Like, like you know, like one person's a lunatic. Two people are, you know, a coincidence. You know, three or more is a cult, and then <laughs> you get enough of them in a room, they become a religion. So I mean, like. It's, like <laughs> Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could disgusting. happen. <laughs> I, I, you know what? That's actually something to be very afraid of, of these people when they get too wieldy. Jim. Well, my thing is, is like, so you got these women out there that dress provocatively. You know, their tits are hanging out their ass. Why not? Why not uh, think for a guy where dick? Can because hang out? dick is the ugliest thing. No, I agree. But what if you're not showing the tip? Is that? <laughs> Like, like you can't show a, a woman cannot show her nipple. If you don't show the tip of the dick, does it still count as, you know? You what know do you what? think's really gonna good... pop out first? Though, <laughs> no, you, you I mean, fold what, it you're, over. What you're gonna, you're, you're just gonna get like that, that little bit of the shaft. Yeah, I mean, like the yeah, you get a shaft the base you. and like. Yeah, dude. Well, actually, if I'm no being honest, no one's that good at a, a tailor. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I, I d- don't rip on tailors, man. I bet you there's plenty of good ones out there that can that can hide your tip. But uh, no, no, I guarantee there are, there are plenty of of attractive shafts out there. I guarantee it. All right, Tom, whip it out. Let's see. <laughs> you guys want you guys want to assess a shaft right now? Um, I, I guess know. I guess for me, I think it's um, I think it's a hygiene thing. I think they're just looking to get a little bit more, a little more air, a little more, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Make get a little flow. They can get yeah, a get things down there. stewing a little. Yeah, bit get less. a cross breeze in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> cross breeze. Take care of that skin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you don't want the mushrooms to grow. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Frankly, if I'm with any of you and see anyone wearing this in public, I, I would like to declare right now that our our reaction should be to kick the person's ass. Oh, okay. That, that person should not be in public like that. But then you're going to leave this poor, beat-up person with their dick hanging out of their pants on the streets. In you know Crime what? Alley, even. You know, you know it what? wouldn't be That's any different decision. than any other day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, th- I mean, that's that's the extent I know of the story. I yeah. just know it's some new fashion thing. All right. You've been listening to The Studio Cell. If you'd like more information, please navigate to www.thestudiocell.com or facebook.com slash thestudiocellar. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on the website. Yep. I don't know what else. Thanks so much, guys. We're on YouTube. For- yeah, we're on YouTube. Where we put up uh, a Our music videos. video of uh, the Dead LA. Yeah, the Dead LA video's up, which is a great, wait, not yet, not yet. Uh, <laughs> Almost. Todd's getting excited over here. <laughs> Th- thanks, guys, so much for coming yes, on. Is thank there anything you. you guys, oh, thank you for having us. Is yeah, there anything you guys want to plug? Plug away. Uh, TempleCon is coming to Warwick, Rhode Island, February 5th to the 8th. Down City Armory opens for Eagle Likeness Friday, February 6th uh, at 9.30 p.m. Immediately following the concert will be the Batman Triumphant screening followed by a Q&A. You can see Batman Triumphant right now on YouTube. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Um, nice. At Batman Triumph. And all that good jazz. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Thermos. Uh, I will plug Second Class Cinema, the other podcast I do, B Movie Review Podcast. Um, we watch a B movie and then immediately discuss it, and we are your B movie buffer. And That's we are on uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Podbean is where we are. We have a bunch of cool stuff up on that website, too. So that's Second Class Cinema. I am going to plug the new adapter adapter a new adapter adapter album She's Alive now available on Ukulele Horror Records. We've got the physical copies in. Nice. Which I'll Woo-hoo. actually give you guys a copy before you leave. Sweet. Thanks. Um but check that out. Uh it's also on Bandcamp adapter adapter band. Bandcamp.com cool. and uh, facebook.com slash adapter adapter official. Also gonna plug the studio. Facebook.com, Jesus Christ, Facebook.com slash Turbulent Studios, www.turbulentstudios.com, which I'm actually redoing. I'll say it's under construction. I got a six hour flight tomorrow. That's what's happening tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, And uh, yeah, working with the, just finished up some stuff with the Dead LA yesterday. Good guys, Dead LA. That'll be up soon. And that's it. Great. All right. I'm Jim. I'm Tom. And remember. Remember. in case, in case of, of emergency, emergency, void bowels and, and balls into, into the nearest appropriate, appropriate face. face. Ew. <laughs> <laughs>